Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the 180 Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, with the other host, Rob Miller. Thanks, buddy. And I'm surprised we're even... That we're still friends. <laughs> this is starting off. So what we talked about was we've shared some really heavy stuff over the last few episodes and, and getting everybody to kind of know who we are, where we come from, some of, some of the stuff that we've been through, not all of it, certainly, but we, we're like, hey, you know what? We had some... Despite what we've been through, we've had some great times being police officers. I love my job. And, like, we wanted to lighten the mood up a little bit. Yeah, so I think, like, uh, some of the stories. Well, you know, we always say, like, hey, you guys have, like, front row seats to the freak show, right? Mm -hmm. And we see such crazy things all the time. And sometimes they're funny stories, right? Um, Whether... We're joking around with people. We're joking around with each other. You know, we do things like, oh, my God, I can't, I can't believe that person just did that. Or you walk into a scene and you're like, time out. This is a Jerry Springer moment. And then and then they tell you they were just on Jerry Springer. That's crazy. Yeah, that was a true story, wasn't it? It was. I have, a, I have like three Jerry Springer moments where people actually went on Jerry Springer. How come, like, we haven't, how come we haven't been on that yet? We should have been on it. But anyways, <clears throat> I think it's important, too, though, because our job – yeah, I, I, I did. I really liked my job. I mean, I love the job. And I think, like, yeah, there's there's funny times. There's not funny times. There's joking around with each other. There's joking around with Joe Blow. <laughs> but, you know, like, I think of, like, some of the funny stories, you know, I think about, like, hey, there, there's a ton of them, right? Yeah, and I think one one thing that we're really good at is humor is a coping mechanism. It just is, whether you, I mean, and dark humor specifically, especially within the first responder community. And we talk a lot about like, if we didn't laugh about it, because we'll even, we'll even talk about it to this day. You'll be sitting up in the bureau and we'll start talking and and like admittedly go, we are sick people. And it's like, if we don't laugh about it, we're going to cry about it because a lot of it is tragic, but, um, so like, I'm going to start it off with this story. It's different than the one I just said, but when I, when I think of like, humor and then you know maybe just taking it a little bit too far (laughs) sometimes but i remember one time that a couple of us you know me and joe and uh ben you know we're sitting over on calhoun street right and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon it was summer it was hot and we're at one of those apartment complex uh, one of those big houses that's now you know divided into 14 Mm -hmm. studio apartments and they share one bathroom and the water doesn't work and it's just it's disgusting, right? You'd think it's like, wow, crazy. But anyways, we're all up there on the third floor. And I don't even remember what we were searching for. We were, somebody was like, some problem. So we're up there and we're sweating and dispatch gives us a call. Like, could you clear the scene? Right there at Calhoun in Fremont. And I think maybe Joel had said, yeah, you know, we can, we can clear. And dispatch then says that, at 73 Fremont, there's a guy there that says that he <laughs> that a hooker sold him a pack of cigarettes laced with cyanide and wants to make a complaint on that. So what'd you do about that? <laughs> well, at first we're like, are you serious? Hmm. And we were just right across the street. So we, we all walk over, <laughs> and there he is, you know, <laughs> sitting on a small porch, and he's like, yeah, you know, this hooker sold me a pack of cigarettes, you know, laced with cyanide, blah, blah, blah. 
and we're there's three of us there, right? So we're this is like broad daylight. This is like four, I think. We just had got off ship, you know, our start of our ship. And we're all sitting on a small porch, and there he is, and he points down to this pack of cigarettes, and that pack of cigarettes wasn't even open yet. It was sealed. <laughs> so one of the, the guys says, Hey, you want you want to smoke? Me. So Joel grabs it, starts packing the cigarettes. So he's packing it. <laughs> the guy's just kind of looking at us like, what the heck are you doing? So then he op- we open it up, and he hands me a cigarette, you know, and I hand Ben a cigarette, you know. So this guy's, like, really watching this. And we're thinking, like, this is such a BS call. Like, obviously, I'm just, we're just going to roll with this. So he just stands there, and <coughs> we light up the cigarettes from the pack that he said was laced with cyanide that, is, that a hooker sold him. So I'm sitting there and I'm taking these big drags and mind you, I, I don't smoke because of my asthma. So I was trying to, I was coughing a little bit, but then I kind of gave like the nod to one of them, like watch this. So I, I took a huge drag and I held my breath and then I fell straight over onto my shoulder. I didn't roll. I just fell. And then I started thrashing around on the deck. In full uniform. Full uniform. On a, on a 911 call. On a 911 call. Of course you do. With three squads sitting outside. <laughs> and I start thrashing around, like rolling over. And then I said, I need an ambulance. And I'm coughing. I'm in the fetal position. And the guy. you just been poisoned with cyanide. I was poisoned with cyanide. <laughs> and the, the, guy, the, the complainant jumps back and starts screaming, I told you so. I told you so, I told you so. And I'm just rolling back and forth, you know, and then I just get up and I say nothing. I just walk to my car. I leave the other two cops sitting there because they're younger, they're newer. And I just drove away. Nice. <laughs> so, I, so I think about, like, I, I laugh about it. Is it is it professional? No. Is it Was it the right thing to do? Probably not. I probably could have got a day off. I could have got written up for that easily. And then, <laughs> then later on, the other, you know, Joel and Ben were like, are you just that dumb? They're like, they're like, what are you thinking, you know? I'm like, well, hey, we all started it. We started by packing the cigarettes. I'm like, yeah. I just had to up the ante a little bit. Of course. You know, so I think like, yeah, funny, you know, cop humor. Somebody yeah. so might think like, that's rude. That's completely rude. I mean, But those are the majority of our calls are probably – Right, similar situations. Or I would say that no less than sixty percent. Oh, easily of what we go to. Yeah, I would have never called nine one one for. Right, maybe even more. But I'd say higher, but <laughs> but that doesn't mean that it's not important to people. Like we should, and we do for the most part. Especially when I was training, somebody's like, "Hey, everybody has bad moments. You're gonna think that's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Show up, take the call, be yeah. sincere, talk to people, listen." And then get back in the car, make sure your mic is off, and then laugh. Yeah. And you know <laughs> that. You know the, the difference between those or somebody that's, you know, a bad check call or something. Where you're sure. Like, Come on. But, no, you, you take care of people, and, and that's part of it. And you, you're right. You got to go out there and try to have some fun with it because, you know, if you look at how some of our civilian friends have no idea of some of the stuff that we have seen and done the things that go on, they're just majority of our calls. 
a 10-year-old won't get out of bed and go to school or you name it. I had one where it was like, I think it was a four and a six-year-old were fighting mm-hmm. and neither would get on the school bus. That was the call. Oh, <laughs> I believe it. I was like, I was like, sometimes you just, I think sometimes you just really, you do, you tell people sometimes like what you think. It's not always professional, but I think of like one time <coughs> I was over in Lakeview and uh, a mom called like three times now. <coughs> she had called three times. And the first time I handled it, and it was her daughter was getting off the school bus. And she was being bullied, right? And, you know, we're talking to all the kids, and they were probably, like, in elementary school. So the bus stop, right? I mean, a lot of stuff happens on the bus and in the bus stop. So they're like, yeah, they're picking. It's, it's girl, you know, fighting and stuff. So then the next time she had called again, you know, like, you know, my daughter's being bullied, she, when she gets off the bus, you know, they're right here. So the third time she had called me, and I mean, I'm taking the complaints, I'm handling them, I'm nice to her. The third time, she, it was probably within two weeks. Three, it wasn't day out, like, you know, consecutive days. But the third time, she's standing there. And mind you, she's sitting there. Her hair is a mess. She's wearing pajama pants. I mean, this is after school, right? And it was a nice day. It was like in the spring, you know, it was close to when school gets out. And just... She, she looked like a hot mess to me. And she's standing in slippers at the bus stop. And she's now making the complaint. And I said, I'm like, can I share some stuff? Can I share my, th- my s- opinion with you? So I did preface it. And she's like, well, sure. <laughs> I said, why don't you just get off your lazy ass? Because you don't work. And come be a bus stop monitor. I'm like, why don't you just come here and monitor these kids when they get off the bus? You have nothing better to do. Why do you wait? That's when Jerry Springer's on. Yeah, and I was thinking, like, and she she looked at me, and she goes, you're such an asshole. And I was like, I'm smiling. I was nice. I'm like, this is the third time. I said, I'm not the babysitter. I don't have time to sit at the bus stop. I'm like, solve the problem for yourself. It's happening at the bus stop when your daughter gets out. Get your butt down here so you can monitor the problem. I said, be an adult for one day in your life. And then I left. She called. <laughs> she, she wasn't happy about that. A complaint. But yeah, she, she did. And then <laughs> I don't even remember what sergeant it was. I said, did you, did you say that to her? I was like, yeah, but, but I did ask her if I could give her my opinion. So you're good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get written up. They were just like, hey, you know, be nice. Yeah. And I get that too. So Yeah, so ha- have some fun with it. So we're talking about, I forget about 90% of the stories until you bring, bring up something. So I want to think back to like, what, what was the first kind of crazy thing that we did on, on I don't want to say crazy things that we did on calls, but I mean, you know, when you talk about honky tonk trouble, we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, honky tonk trouble. And that, that was on Frisbee Street, and I also have to, correct, right down there at the end of Frisbee, which I also have to eat crow, it was 54 Frisbee yeah, when I shot. So yeah. that's my official apology. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, it was. So we would go to this house several times in the shift, and it was an elderly couple. They were in their 80s. Yeah, and it was like, like we were talking earlier, you go in, shag carpet, knickknacks on the wall, like the Joe Dirt's parents. Like, we collect clowns. 
there were like they would call tons on of each stuffed other animals constantly. And oh, well, I remember one time specifically, you had to roll right up in the front driveway and just blasted the air horn. Well, that was remember <laughs> that one. Yeah, that was one of them. But I think the well, it, it, like it all starts somewhere, you know. You you go to these calls and then. You try to you try to help people, right? And then you realize, like, hey, I'm just I should just show up and listen. And there's nothing I, I'm not going to change them. Right. I think one time we, we, I think we arrested one of them for domestic assault because they they were fighting over the re- remote control. Somebody threw the remote at the other one, yeah. and that was it. Like we'd been up there three or four times that shift, and and it was like, okay, well, somebody has to go to jail. They would call, and it was us. I was ridiculous crap. I mean, it was like. So I don't know. And then, and then it was the time where, you know, I'm like, okay, well, this time I'll just sit out in the car. You're going to go up there and take the call. And then there's some neighbors. And yeah, the neighbors, that's as I'm walking up to the house, you start blasting the air horn. Yeah, but I, Any, yeah, it was funny. No, it was not. But what was even funnier is that you were, as you were walking up, um, I drove the car. Yeah, right up in the into front. the into the driveway. I was going to see how close I could get to you. I don't think they had a driveway. They did. <laughs> okay. They did. And I was going to see how close I could get to you before I hit the air horn. And I got in the driveway, and then you're, like, up there trying to getting stuff. Oh. <laughs> and then you started to turn around and hit the air horn. Your The ONF pad went flying. The people were laughing. You know, we were all laughing. And then I think you came, came up to me, and you're like, when are you going to ever <laughs> grow up? After age. Still haven't, but you know, so, like, so that was the nickname Honky Tonk Trouble. Was we had a, I love one of our typical calls is other person trouble, mm-hmm. and we didn't have I don't even think we had MDTs or anything back then, did we? I think a we while did. back we may have, but we could get on we could get on the radio and, and have dispatch give us a, a complaint number for other person trouble. So no, Miller gets on the gets on the radio and says, I need a starter for Honky Tonk Trouble. <laughs> Crispy Street. And I'm like, you know what? If the shoe fits. Well, it's so funny, too, I mean, because you have dispatchers. <laughs> they're taking these calls. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're probably thinking, like, that's funny. You know, like, I can only imagine. They can't hang up on them like we would. <laughs> right? I would have been done or a just, long time or ago. Or just, like, walk away. But, yeah, that was, that was an interesting time. You know, I think of those stories. And then I think of, like, what about the... Uh, So Aaron and I. Well, which one? I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to give you give it away. I want you to be shocked well, by it. So like, so Aaron, Aaron and I go down to the Griffin. Oh gosh. For lunch, on St. Patrick's Day. We were on afternoon shift. We were. So we got out. A, we got a roll call and went down there because people were hanging out. Yeah. So we went down there. Mind you, we were just eating. So so they were passing out green visors. To everyone. So we were like, <laughs> yeah, we'll have we'll have a green visor. So we get in the squad and we put the visors on. You're like, oh man, you know, we should roll around with green visors on. And well, in the in the midst of that, dispatch sends out a priority one call of a domestic in progress at the was at the party store, Liberty Capital Northeast. Capital Northeast. So we yeah. don't even at that point we were just like in progress. So we're we're going. So yeah. we, we don't even re- think about the fact that we're wearing visors. So we. And this was St. Patrick's Day. It was St. Patrick's so Day. So they were green visors. Yeah. And okay. our uniforms are dark blue. They right. were bright. It looked ridiculous. 
but we totally forgot that we even were wearing them. And then we show up into the parking lot. The woman's there screaming. And then remember that how that van came screeching in? Mm-hmm. That was a husband. So he's bolting out. We get out of the cruisers, mind you, wearing the visor. And you ended up having to grab that guy because she was over kind of by the store. And then, then it goes like we come across the hood of the car to get him under arrest. We come into camera view. We're in camera view. <laughs> We're sitting there. It's John in McEnroe. An, in an R&O, so resisting, obstructing, trying to get this guy into custody for domestic violence. And then you see us on camera doing so. In Green the tennis visors. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so totally like. One minute we were laughing about the visors, how well they looked on our on our head, and then. then well, I thought we tried to be cute by just like driving around in the patrol cars with them for a minute, and then we totally forgot as we exited the car. I think we just forgot we still have them. On. Yeah, we still had them on. We never took them off, and we did not do that intentionally. No, because I was like, we had, we had those visors on, Eric. I, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, we, I, we, I don't. I don't think anyone called us on that one. No, they wouldn't have cared. It wasn't that big of a deal. It we just looked ridiculous. Which wasn't the first time. Like when you, uh, remember the chase on, so we had a pretty big car chase inside the city. And we ended up north on Washington. So you're driving. Oh, yeah. I'm the passenger. And I can't remember what this guy's wanted for. So he, this dude bails out of his car on Washington. The car, <laughs> the car's still rolling. I'm in the passenger seat. So Rob, to be the good cop and not put the public in danger, to stop this car, goes to... T-bone it to stop it. Get in front of it. Get in front of the car so it would stop rolling. But, you know, it's on my side of the car. I'm the passenger. So this car, it wasn't going that fast, but pins me into the car. As you get out, you get to join the foot chase. And you're locked in the car. I'm pinned in the car because you decided that you're going to stop this rolling vehicle on my side of the car. Yeah, and then I had to get into the action. Yeah. Foot chase. But you know what? You're... You were like lean enough that you you were able to like scurry over the MDT. Eventually, yeah, you got you got through it. It's crazy. All this it's, stuff. It's pretty funny, you know. I think of like just the normal calls, right, and the frequent flyers that we go to every day, and and sometimes you're like, I just don't get paid enough. I don't. Get <laughs> Man, you know, you, sometimes you say like, I don't get paid enough to do this job, and there's things like Have I, you? I do this job for free. Not for long. Hey, have you have you gone up BC Ave lately? That first block, it's gone. We used to, yeah, it's all like all the houses. houses. Like we spent, you know, before we got separated on deployments, we spent most of our time up there in that area together. And all those houses that we used to deal with, it's like chasing dope dealers. They're man. gone. Like they've been they've been leveled. That first block is like completely. <laughs> I'm thinking of the the house, the guy that we were talking about earlier. Didn't he, work, didn't he work up here when he got out of prison? He, he did. You said you ran into him. He did. And, uh, and he was really nice. Yeah. You know, there's, he's just having a hard time, right? Hard time? like he's, He was prostituting his wife. Yeah, literally. And, and had pictures of her naked in his pocket when I brought him to jail one time. I'm like, yeah. are you serious? So we, we had this trouble house that we <laughs> dealt with. And back then, we had enough staffing. Like, I remember you'd, you'd drop me off, and I'd sit in the alley, right? And observe his house. I call out hookers coming out of the house, and I mean he hated our guts. He did, but he had hookers coming out of there. He, I mean, it was just it was. It was had some good people living on that street. Well, the problem the problem is is that his house 
was solely the hub where yeah. all the activity. Little kids there. <clears throat> and people were calling. And I think we made it our – it was a priority to get it shut down. And, and we finally did. Mm-hmm. You know, we had – he was he's, he was a smart cat though. I mean he 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 kind of knew his boundaries a little bit. He ended up going to jail for domestic for seven years, and then afterwards I saw him, and you know I didn't even really recognize him, but he was nice. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, hey, I'm doing better. So I'm like, I think of like substance abuse. I think of like, yeah, I mean, he was a good guy, but a lot of bad moments and drug addiction to the point where you know he's pimping out his wife. I mean, it was it was crazy, like because you would think of like why, why would you do that, or why would she agree to that? Yeah. But then again, it's drugs. Then again, it's like an addiction. You know, they have to get a fix. And I always think like when people are addicted to drugs, if they're women, at some point it gets bad enough where they'll prostitute. Mm -hmm. They don't want to. Yeah. If you talk to any of them, it's not like a lot of them are just doing it because they're addicted. Men steal stuff. Yeah, breaking the cars, breaking the houses, breaking—they're stealing. Very few, and it's like you know we talk about how did somebody get here, and I mean like with him, nobody wakes up and says they're going to be an alcoholic or I want to be a a heroin user, you know, because years of the gain unit, you know, being able to take the time and talk to people and finding out how did you start out, like you know, I just became like a more of an interest of like we just know them as the drug user. The, the dealer, the, the dealer, the meth, like they didn't want to do that. They didn't start out that way, but it's a slow process for a lot of people. And getting to understand that, I mean, helps, helps you be a little bit more compassionate, I guess, but. We should empathize. I mean, you, you should understand that that woman who is prostituting for maybe $20 or I think one time $10 and a pack of gum. Somebody said that when they're under vice, is not doing it to make money. Mm-hmm. They really are supporting an addiction. I mean, yeah. yes, some people are like high dollar ones, but for the most part, like what we're dealing with inner city, it's a supported drug habit. Do they uh, get paid for pushing cops out pushing of pee. ditches? Yeah, they do actually. Um, I figured you'd bring that one up. So <laughs> that was like midwinter. It was. We had MDTs. Yep. And it was slow. But we had rear wheel, the rear wheel drive Crown Vicks. Crown Vicks. And I don't know why we were split up at two or three in the morning. But hey, you sent me a message. I'm stuck. Meet me over here on Riverside. Help me out. I'm like, all right, fine. It took me a minute to get there. I can't remember where I was coming from. Not too far. I bend the corner and I see a prostitute who we know very well and her John pushing a patrol car out of the snow. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. So how'd you manage that one? Tell us. Well, I was going up the hill. Well, I know how you got stuck. Yeah. So like explain the whole how do I turn the corner and you've got a prostitute and a customer. Well, what happened is I was <laughs> blocking the roadway and um she recognized, you know, that I was out there and she's like, Hey Officer Miller. I'm like, How you doing? She's like, You need some help. And I needed help, right? And and I was got along with her and I didn't recognize him but then I also knew that I already emailed or MDT'd you to come help me so <laughs> couldn't have said hey helps on the way no I, I was like <laughs> of course I need help so her, she and her buddy get out and they are <laughs> pu- 
pushing me because I was sideways in the roadway and I was on a hill pushing me out of the snow. And that's when you came from the top mm -hmm. looking down at this Disaster. scene. <laughs> it took me a second to process. No, I wasn't going to. You just sat up there, you watched it all unfold and then I get it out and then I come next to you clutching up and you just look at me like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, hey, they said they would help me. So, yeah. hey, I, well, they could have just like walked by, but I guess if you, well. And she offered. She help. just offered to push the car. Yeah, that's what that, I meant. That, yeah. But I think that's, what's the moral of that one? I treated, hey. her, treated her like a person. They could have just walked away. I mean, if, you, if you're a real asshole cop. Well, because of that, she gave a lot of good information. Yeah, she helped right? us. Down the street, down the, down the street, down the road that, yeah. Well, that's it, a, that's it's, a, a it's a big game. You know, I think. Sure it is. In law enforcement and just that culture culture of crime and everything is that if you know it's an addiction, are you going to sit there and, and arrest them for a crack pipe? Yeah. I mean, come on. We did at times. Well, if you had to. Yeah. But, you know, usually it's, you know, you have to find the bigger fish, you know, who's the one supplying. So well, that's a good one. Giving so. people breaks and helping them out. And in turn, like they would, they would give you good information. And speaking of clatching up, it just brought to mind Mercy Pavilion. When yeah. we would clatch up under there in inclement weather. So you were, I think, I don't think we were doubled up, but we were clatched up underneath the, uh, the awning there. And it was getting towards the end of the shift. It was dark. And they remember that car come whipping in there, just donut after donut. After, I mean, this this went on for long enough. Thirty good thirty seconds. To where we said, "All right, we're gonna go." They clearly didn't see us. We're gonna go stop this car. So we pulled this car over in the middle of the parking lot. It's these two young teenage kids. Get them out, start chatting. Where, where were they coming from? Gymnastics. I think they were. They were swim swimming. They were gymnastics because we we're like. We're going to have him try a tumble routine. But then we oh, thought, yeah. like, this kid's going to break his neck on the asphalt. Yeah, because we didn't want to give him. It was a good lesson. Tickets. We didn't want to ruin this kid's driving record. So we're like, what do you, what, what's going to happen if you come home with a $150 ticket? So I know what happened to me. My dad would have. That's basically what he said. Me. It was dad's car. So we asked him, how many push-ups can you do? Because he was a gymnast, because that's why. How many did he, he gave us 50, right? Well, he said he could do some, and, and then we started doing the push-ups, and it was obvious that it wasn't that hard for him. <laughs> yeah, this dude was a machine. Yeah, so then he, and then I think they were like, put your feet on the car's bumper. You <laughs> elevated. And he did that, too. And then we were like. He did it. He did it. And then we were like, okay. But we had his friend. Remember his friend? He's just standing there as, as his buddy starts struggling. We're like, come on, man, this is your boy. Encourage him. He's like, come on, man, come on. Yeah, so at the end of the day, you got to laugh at it. So, you know, I think of like all those like traffic stops that you think like, what are you doing? And um, <laughs> I had somebody go by me at my handies on Hubbard, right? And it was the felony no look. You know, they just. They don't see me. I don't yeah, see them. Yeah, and, and they didn't fit the area. You know, they they definitely probably grew up in the country. <laughs> Just go by me. And I'm, like, looking at them. They're not wearing their seatbelts or doing nothing. I mean, I was like, okay, fine. So I pull them over, and the, the guy in the passenger seat, right, and he is all over the place. I mean, he is, like, his hips are up, his arm, his shoulders are back. He's shoving stuff. I'm like, 
Like, oh my gosh. So it was the driver and him. And they were some big dudes. They looked like, you know, their their first vehicle of choice would have been a Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. That, you know, kind of the beard, you know, the whole look. And so I'm, I walk over to the driver's or the passenger side, right? So I'm off the road because that's the guy that was moving. So I get there and it's hot and it's summertime, the window's down. I open the door and I'm like, show me your hands. And I think I even said that before I even got to him. So his hands are out and he he, he looks like a chipmunk. His whole cheeks are just puffed up and he's just chewing. I mean, he is chewing away like he's got to eat this meal in about tobacco or crack? Weed. Oh. So he and I can see he's got green leafy stuff in his beard. The, the driver doesn't say a word. There's hands on the steering wheel, and and I'm like standing over him, and he's just chewing. Like he won't, he can't talk to me because now he's got foam coming out and green stuff coming out of the side of his cheeks. Mm-hmm. And I look at him and I'm like, "You better finish that, or you're going to jail." So I told him, "I said you got you better finish." So he, I just stand there. And he just chews away, chews away, chews away. It's like a good minute, Whole new m- definition minute of 30. And it, yeah, so he's, and he gets it. He swallows that. And it's just like green shit in his teeth, on his clothes. Is he chasing it down he, with anything? No. And uh, oh. so he gets it down. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, he just dives out of the car, right? So I back up, and he just starts throwing up. I can imagine. Right on the curb. Just like just vomiting, vomiting. And then afterwards, you know, he's sitting there like, in the, and he's a big guy, you know, he's like on, kind of like on hands and knees and he's just throwing up. I'm just sitting there watching him. And then he <laughs> gets up and I said, was that enough for you? And he, you could just tell he's like, I think he was like, now I'm going to, j-. I'm like, I'm not going to jail. I said, you know what? I said, obviously you shouldn't be up here. If I catch you doing this crap again, I am going to bring you to jail. So really, you know, he, he ate the weed, then he threw it up. Shay. Yeah. So it's a, a break. Yeah. So Yeah, so I mean, it, at the end of the day, this job is tough. And I wasn't going to collect the evidence. <laughs> I was going to collect vomit. Oh, Can you imagine that? Like, what am I no. going to do, collect vomit? And well, it wasn't even worth it. Nah, it was funny. So really, I mean, we share a couple of these stories, and this is just... Uh, hey, he was a warrior. That took a lot of courage. Dude, are you done? No, I'm not. Quit writing and, and pay attention. I'm trying to get to kind of a moral of why we're sharing some of these stories. Of why, you know what? This job has done a lot to us, but we've had fun. Try to seek out those fun times. It is a very, very unique career whether you're not just law enforcement think about the paramedics some of the stuff that they go on as well i mean mostly heartbreaking but they got to show up to the guy who craps himself or craps in a subway sandwich bag oh you can keep going with that one we got a call on that guy several times and like I, that wasn't even in our area so the reason that we even went to those calls <coughs> because we're we listened to the call come out and we're like no way it was like Capital and Dickman, this guy, passerby says this guy's taking a poop in a Subway sandwich bag. And we're like, there's no way. Is it the wheelchair? Yes, yes way. So we get there. <laughs> and sure enough, he's in a wheelchair, Subway bag strapped to the side of the chair. And we're like, dude, no way. And it was uh, that was bad. So what we did, what you did, was... 
We had, we had to convince him first. We convinced him. This is a him. good idea. A one-way bus ticket, courtesy of Officer Smith Miller, and Rob pushed him down the middle. I think he was going to Detroit. <laughs> Capitol Avenue. Pushed him right down Capitol Avenue to the bus station. Subway bag of swinging. And he obliged. That he got on the bus. Problem solved. That was bad. I think it was. We've given people rides to other jurisdictions before. Yeah, just to get them out of the area. Yeah. No, so. it, was, it was pretty funny. You know, sometimes, like, you got to think outside the box. Because, you know, we, we when I think of the job, right, and if you were, like, a black and white type officer, right, you're either on or off, guys chewing weed, people are doing stuff. Oh, you get a ticket, you get a ticket. You know, you, you're you going to jail, you know. Like, I'm going to fight you because you're destruct, you're going to destroy evidence. <laughs> no. It's like, you want to chew the weed, chew the weed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, don't sweat the small stuff, right? I mean, you laugh about it, but I could see, like, a situation like that where you're just going to do more harm than good. I right. mean, what am I going to do, bring you to jail? You just proved to me that you could eat all that weed. It took you a couple minutes, mm-hmm. and then it's done deal. Like yeah. you, you know, like, he, see you later. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes those are the <laughs> ones where you give people breaks, where you, you know, like, they'll, they'll, they'll say, uh, you know, you're just a normal Joe, too, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I think... <coughs> you know, when it comes to, like, all the the frequent flyers, you know, that we have, like, and I, I think of, like, there's a guy named Joe. And Joe, he was an interesting character. He really was. He wore a bunch of rings on his hand. He was kind of older. He obviously was an alcoholic, and he seemed to always have, like, young runaways around him. And he'd call just for stupid shit all the time several times a, a day. day and it was like oh i, f- I found a crack pipe on the sidewalk somebody like, stole I'd, yeah i'd get there and i just step on the sidewalk i'm like don't call us for this we're busy but it would be it would be like constant mm-hmm. just stupid stupid stuff like it was probably his why is he calling on it and then finally he ended up moving like into penfield we still had penfield at the time he did mm-hmm. he did and then and he, it was calling all the time again up there, right? Because he was in a different district. I was up working that district. And he would call so often. I was like, you know, you're, you're tying up a lot, of a, a lot of my time, you know, just calling. I said, for BS stuff. And uh, finally, <coughs> I kind of, I, I had enough of it. I was tired of him. I was tired of him, like, you know what? I'll prove my point. <laughs> so right out of lineup, I don't even know if I shared this story with you. Kind of looking at me like, oh, this is going to be. I'm trying to remember because that was a long time ago. So right out of lineup, I get out and I would, whatever reports I needed to finish up the day before, like short forms or whatever, I would drive right to his house. The first time I just pulled up, walked in, said, hey, how are you doing, Joe? Sat down at his kitchen table. Yeah, I think I remember this. (laughs) He's just standing there. He's like, I didn't call the police. No, not yet. And that's why I told him. I said, not yet, but you will. Right. So I sat there for an hour. He never said leave or anything. I just did my paperwork and, how you doing, you know? <laughs> and then I told him, like, you know, Joe, stop calling. And and it never really registered. I mean, they were, how do you get through to somebody? Just without taking them to jail every time for try, or trying to get them for disorderly or you know, because it's like a nuisance. Yeah. So 
I told I told Joe. I said, Joe, I'll stop coming here when you when you when you stop calling for these BS complaints. And he, he kind of was like, uh, you know, that's uh, my right. I can call him. Like, yeah, you can. And then I said, when I come, I'm going to empty out your alcohol. So that's what I'm going to do. And he's like, oh, okay. So it was probably not even a couple days later. He had some call with somebody harassing, drove, rode a bike through his yard or something, some kids, and I walked in there. And he just stands there, and I was like, What's the problem? He's like, oh yeah, this neighbor kid, you know, he's yelling out, yelling at me or yelling at somebody outside. So he had, he just pur- purchased, I think, a gallon of five o'clock vodka. Hmm. I just walked over into the kitchen. I'm like, what's this, Joe? I picked that up and I emptied the entire. thing. And he was a must twenty four seven. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So I emptied the entire handle of vodka into the drain, and he went nuts. Hmm. He was so mad. And and then I think there was like I looked at the counter, he had a couple like double deuces, you know, steel reserve or something, emptied those two. And then afterwards he's like, You can't do that. That's mine. I said, I told you that this is what was gonna happen. I said, You make the complaint. Go ahead. Make the complaint on me. I said, But I don't think you're you're not gonna figure this out. So I think this might be the best way. So if you call and it's completely ridiculous i'm gonna find alcohol here i'm gonna empty it all out <laughs> so i left right he never was he we never heard from joe again no we did because i then, know then joe joe called again it was i think i don't even think i think it might have been the same week and i uh, get there and he had like a pint like on the count or on like the coffee table and then he looked at me i went grabbed it emptied it out and he's now pissed again. And I said, I'm being serious. You call us here, and, it, and you're calling on a neighborhood four-year-old or something. This is what's going to happen. So really, I had to use that leverage on him. And it worked. Yeah. It did. It finally worked. Yeah, different strokes for different folks. Hey, so he, he realized that if he was going to call, and it was going to be ridiculous that his, he might lose all of his liquor more, to more, the drain. More, yeah. So, I mean... It, I think a lot of the moral of some of these stories are like, you don't have to, there's other ways of dealing with problems. And like you said, think outside the box, but try to have fun. I know these kids out here are strapped, forced in, lots of stuff going on, but um, try to try to do the best you can. So you know, be respectful. And sometimes you gotta, <laughs> you just gotta improvise. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, that's obviously we don't want to share all of our funny stories yet. No, so, but I mean, this there's is good for a day. Yeah. We just, again, we wanted to lighten the mood a little bit. We've been talking heavy duty here the last several episodes, getting everybody to know us and our stories. So just a couple of the stories and some of the ways that we deal with with other everyday calls uh, out there, or we used to, and um, that's really it. So we're going to continue on the next episode of, uh, we'll have some more to share with you. We're going to start breaking down communication and the way that we were taught to communicate as first responders and how that kind of transfers over into our personal lives and personal relationships. We actually had one already recorded about communication and Rob and I decided we can do better. We were kind of in a couple different directions, but um, we're always in different directions. Hmm? I know one way, but really <laughs> I think the one thing is that we're finding that we, we are taught to communicate a certain way and that's 
we're in we're in character often when we communicate that with our family. So we're going to tackle that and a few other things. So um, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you know that we're up on social media. Please email us at the180impact.gmail.com. If there's something you want us to address or talk about, uh, we're also working on getting some folks on to be our guests as well from some different uh, first responder careers, paramedics, dispatchers, things like that to share their stories and some of their struggles and, and how they work through their day-to-day life. So uh, leave us a comment, share this podcast with somebody and give us a review if you listen to on iTunes. Other than that, we will see you at the next one. See ya. Happy 4th of July. It's going to be past the 4th when I listen to this, but nonetheless. See ya. <laughs> Such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs>